Yeah. I'm talking about it. Playoffs. Yeah. And might be overreaching a little bit. Five and eight. I don't care. I have hope right now. I've seen two back-to-back really good games from the Bears. And I am excited about it overall. Bears are in the playoff hunt, especially after what happened Monday where the Packers lost to Tommy DeVito. It, it's a lot I got to get to. Been off for a week. I'm super excited to be back. Um, Bears playoff push. Bears upsetting Lions. The NFC is in disarray. It's a lot I have to talk to you about. Revamping the show. But I want to thank you guys so much for tuning in. And just sit back, lock in, and stay tuned. This is Bet That Up Time, baby. Thank you, Coach Mora, with the assist. As y'all can tell, I'm in a good mood. Bears 28, Lions 13. Actually, yeah, 28-13. Uh, crazy game. Crazy game. Not off of the sense of excitement or back and forth. Because it really wasn't one of those games. It was a crazy game on the sense of I was always I was expecting for the, the run to happen from, from the Lions. If you're a NBA fan or if you watch NBA in capacity, you know that everyone goes on a run. Everybody, at a certain point, professionals just bring together a couple of scoring possessions. And with Detroit being a team that was top 10 in every offensive category, I was expecting that. With Detroit having one of the most sought-after offensive coordinators in this upcoming coaching um, pool, I was expecting for Detroit to go on a run. With Detroit, what happened last time we played Detroit, in Detroit, and them, and them scoring 14 points in three minutes, I was expecting them to go on a run, but that run never happened. Chicago Bears are now in the thick? Well, not thick. I want to say thick, because thick means you're in the middle of something. We're not in the thick of it. We're kind of towards, like, the ass end of it. We're, we're, we're barely in the graphic. Depending on what day you watch ESPN, we may or may not be in the, in the hunt graphic on the, play, on the playoff scene. But it is good enough for me. Uh, it's crazy. Um, it was a up-and-down game as far as emotions go. Uh, during my text trains, there was a lot of frustrations um, go, going around. Watching it, watching the game, we you could have sworn that this we were going to give something up, but we never did. But once again, starting off the um, starting off the game, the schedule plays were really good. We were on schedule that first drive. Uh, we're able to drive down the field with pretty with pretty much ease. There was not any kind of resistance at all from. Uh, from the from the Lions on that first draft, ended up with a DJ Moore 16-yard touchdown run, and I knew things were going were, were looking in the right direction. I didn't I knew it wasn't as a huge gap between the teams. Look at the records, uh, not nine and three versus uh, four and eight. You would think there's a big gap, uh, but there really wasn't. And I saw that when we went on the road against Detroit. So this game um, bears being at home. Things a little bit more settled. You kind of see what what's going on with the rebuild. And, hey, we did what we supposed to do. We ran the ball. We didn't turn the ball over. We forced turnovers again from Jared Goff. Two interceptors this game. Um, 
there were none dropped, so which is great because we definitely had way, way too many drop pick sixes dropped against him against the Lions the first game. This was cost us the victory, but all all in all, the Bears did a great job of making sure that the Lions could not get that run game going too well and was forcing Jared Goff to beat them. And whenever Jared Goff has to beat you with a team that's this good and this stout, you're um you're gonna you're you're gonna have a favorable matchup. We and we did. We definitely had a great time disrupting their offense and also staying on pace for the most part on uh, with our own offense. Um yeah we didn't score in the second quarter which is the only quarter that the Lions scored in but outside of that it was slow and meticulous um points being put up um dry, um long and lengthy drives that was able to keep us from being able to get a ball right back to them held the Lions to 267 yards total we got three turnovers from them and we won a time possession battle 33 minutes to 26 minutes. So when you combine all those things together, that is how the that is how the Bears team can beat a team that I'm not even going to lie to you. Honestly, I thought the Lions were one of those teams that hey, they could make a run because the NFC, NFC is wide open. We'll get to that in a little bit, but overall, it was a it was it it was it was really huge to be able to come back come in and be able to get a victory like this. Was some missteps on the offensive side of the ball. Um, there was a really weird play call. Uh, for, it was a third and two. We went quarterback dive. They, they get he got stopped, and on fourth down, they went for a, a, a wide receiver toss to Don DJ Moore, and it got stopped as well because DJ Moore was in the backfield, and the entire team knew that we were about to run that that toss. So, um, Getsy still he has creativity, but. Sometimes you have to understand as a coordinator, as a coach, when to be creative and when not to be creative. And third and two, don't get creative too much. If you're going to go for it on fourth down, run the ball up the middle, go 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 with your strength, see what can happen. And then we're going to see how things matriculate down the field as far as what happens on fourth down. Uh, but speaking of fourth downs, the play of the game, I'll I, I, I'm going to say um, straight up was well the sequence of the, of the game. So uh, third down, um, pressure, pressure. I believe it was Comiskey. I think it was Comiskey that got pressure on on Fields. Uh, he steps up in the pocket, gets wrapped up by his legs, going down. He throws the ball out. Um, the referee saying that it was a incomplete pass, but not intentional grounding. Because the defender dictated, I mean, I'm sorry, affected how the ball was thrown. Therefore, the ball could not get to the line of scrimmage. Therefore, it wasn't a penalty. A lot of Lions fans were on Twitter and on the comment section, in comment section, just upset about the fact that the refs um, cost them the game. And I can... 100% tell you that the the refs and the NFL have no kind of um, incentive on making sure the Bears win. Now, if it was the Chiefs, I'll give you that. Like when you guys played the Chiefs first game of the season, and you got and it was some questionable calls here and there when the left tackle was was getting false starts every single play, I'll say you know what, yeah, that was on that was the refs. But the 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 Bears have not been good 
in quite a long time. So I don't I don't think that was one of those um, one of those sequences. But fourth and thirteen, we line up and um, we line up. Uh, DJ Moore out, um, on on one side of the field by himself. Use the hard count. We get we get Hutchinson to jump offside. When he jumps offside, the ball is snapped, and one on one outside, DJ Moore just burns the burns to the, uh, the the DB. Quick and easy touchdown. And really at that point, that kind of, that really sealed the game. At that point, it was it was thirteen all. We get the we get that one. We it go to nineteen to thirteen. Missed, we missed a two-point conversion, of course. Um, I'm sorry, the the PAT was blocked. Forgot about that. PAT was blocked. But at that point, there was no other drives where the Lions wave would even get close in the scoring range again. So defense balled out of control. Um, this was a a big game from a lot of a lot of perspectives. Not only was it huge enough to be able to get our get the first the first back to back wins um under the Matt Eberflus regime but also his first ever back to back um division wins and it kept us in the playoff hunt also it made the well we're not going to win the division but it it put the division kind of in jeopardy a little bit so that you don't. We're not sure who's gonna get who's, who's gonna get it because it's still tight between a lot of the teams. No, yeah, we'll have to win down the line to lose out to win the division. But other other things are in play now. Now the pressure's on Detroit to be able to to be able to be to be able to um, maneuver as the hunted team in the NFC North, not being a team trying to chase somebody down. So it's a lot of things going on. Let's see how they deal with the pressure. I saw a lot of people on Twitter. Also talking about getting rid of Jared Goff, uh, just because a lot of times in the pocket he couldn't move around. Montez Sweat got back there and manhandled him for a sack, and it's it's going to happen when you don't have those really cerebral quarterbacks like Tom Brady who can go and just pick any team apart here and there. Those Tom Brady, Payne Manning types. If you just have a a good quarterback, not great, but a good quarterback that's not mobile, and you don't have the weapons or the system to be able for him for him to be able to get the ball out quickly. These things are going to happen, and teams going to get frustrated with him. But overall, I I really think that the defense was the reason why the Lions have run through a little stretch, uh, a tough stretch, but the defense that Chicago Bears put out against them. Eliminating the run um, from Detroit altogether. So uh, Gibbs led the team with rushing. He had 11 carries for 66 yards. Uh, Montgomery, I think he had 53 uh, rushing yards as well. So it wasn't like it. Even though they got over 100 yards rushing, it was 140 total rushing. It wasn't. They were so far behind in the game. They weren't able to keep that run game going, and simply because of that. It was a an overall not dominant, not 100% dominant, but it was a game that we imposed our will on the Detroit Lions. Uh, Justin Fields once again had an incredible game: uh, 223 passing, 58 rushing, uh, touchdown in each one of those. Um, no no turnovers, no interceptions, no lost fumbles. Did get sacked three times, but 
one of those things with Fields. He does hold the ball a little bit too long still. He does miss receivers uh, over over the middle, uh, especially and outside as well. So throwing those out routes um, aren't really there. But one thing in watching Bears games and watching all of them as closely as I have, Fields can throw pa- passes in really tight windows. And DBs and defenses aren't aren't expecting him to, to to attempt those, but he can throw them in tight windows and get and get those passes in. So uh, there was a out route to Mooney where the defender from um, from from Detroit pretty much jumped the route, but just barely missed it, and Mooney was able to get his hands on it and run up the sideline for a few yards after catch as well. So this was probably one of the better games I've seen from Mooney as well. Uh as a as a number really three option in our offense now because Komet is the number two option now. Uh having forty four yards off of two catches. Um he did get targeted seven uh seven times but it's just I, I just don't think the chemistry is there with Mooney. But Overall, there's a lot of different high quality things that we can do, um, that we were happy about. Fields using his legs a lot, making plays that a lot of teams won't be able to stop or defend. Uh, it's it's really great, and it puts another wrinkle into our into the into the re- rebuild because there isn't a quarterback in the draft right now that significantly improve the Bears. Yes, you may say that Caleb Williams is more exciting and gets rid of the ball quicker than Fields, or Aaron um, Drake May is a has a better arm talent than Fields, even though I won't I wouldn't say that, but some people have said that. But the biggest thing for me is that with the combination of how he can throw the ball deep his rapport with DJ Moore and the fact that he can outrun a lot of people on the on defense, there isn't a significant upgrade in the draft right now for us to say like, hey, we need a quarterback with the first pick, even though we're a French playoff team right now. So uh, this was a big win. This was really great. Um, want to get right back. I want to go right into good, bad, and ugly for the game. So uh, good is really our morale for the for the Bears team. So as fans. I, as a as, you know, I don't want to talk to all, about offense, but me being a fan in general, I have not been this excited as a Bears fan since the day of the double doink against the um, against against the Eagles. Every year after that has been filled with disappointment and angst and just waiting for the season to be over so I could watch look like real football in my eyes, but. We have a legit defense. We have a quarterback that can get people the ball. We have a number one receiver now. So things are coming together. It's crazy to say that, but we're hopeful. We not only are we hopeful, we staff number one pick still because Carolina can't even can't buy a dub. So we're gonna have two first round picks at the very late at the very um, least, and two top tier talents. Coming to Chicago on a team that is either a, either a playoff team or a French playoff team is going to be great for us in the, in the long run. So, uh, just overall, just amazing um, 
amazing kind of game and the morale for the Bears fans are all the way up. Um, but on the bad side, on the opposite of that coin, I'm going to talk about the Detroit Lions fans. So things have not been great in the Motor City. Uh, and it's crazy just because they started the season off, I don't want to say so strong, but they they really had a good start to the season overall. Uh, so once again, you beat the you beat the Chiefs on Thursday night football to start the season off, and even though you lose to Seattle next week, you you run off four straight um, wins. So beat the Falcons, Packers, Panthers, and the Bucks. Get take a you get you get humbled by the Ravens, but then you come back and you win three straight. Raiders, Chargers, Bears, and then that's when. I'm not going to say that the wheels fell off, but I'm going to say that losing two out of your last three and having a close game against against the Saints uh, at, uh, on the road is a little scary. But not only does it, is it scary from that aspect of like, oh, hey, we could sneak into the number one seed if, if things are going right. But now you really start questioning if you guys could even win the NFC North. So the so the next few games for the Detroit Lions are Saturday against the Broncos. You got a home game against the Vikings. I'm sorry, you're in Minnesota to play against the Vikings, who that might be a elimination game for the Vikings on Christmas on Christmas Eve. Then you have a game in Dallas against the Cowboys, and you finish up against the Vikings one more time. So Vikings could play spoiler if they. If they lose to the Broncos and split with the Vikings and lose to the Cowboys, that is going to be they're going to lose five, um, they're going to lose five out of their last seven. Yep, five out of the last seven, and that greatly um, decreases their likelihood of being able to make a run long term. So it's one of those kind of a scary moments for a fan base where things are looking good. And next thing you know, the wheels kind of fell out out of nowhere for um, for you guys. But it's still not over. Still have the Vikings. And from what I've seen, especially with that 3-0 win they had against the Raiders, you guys may be able to win that, th- those two games. So I'm not saying that the, the Lions won't win the NFC North, but it's not going to be an easy kind of victory lap runaway game as first originally thought about. Now... As far as going as far as the ugly goes, the ugly this week goes to the NFC playoff pitcher. So, as I, as I've alluded to a couple of times, especially um, on on this podcast today, we are in the hunt. We are right near in the playoff hunt right now. Even though we are 13th, we are one game out of tying the Green Bay Packers for the last playoff spot. Now, there are a few teams ahead of us. Giants, Saints, we already lost to. Falcons, who we play in two weeks. Seattle and the Rams. But we still have a puncher shot of making the playoffs, especially because we do have a game against the Packers coming up at the end of the season. So just looking at the the overall playoff picture, so you have... The, the the Niners, Cowboys are at and and uh, and the Eagles are at ten and three. Detroit is at nine and four. 
who more than likely is going to have a home playoff game. Then this, then this is when things get kind of convoluted a little bit. You have Minnesota at 7-6, and six, but they don't have a quarterback at all. Kirk Cousins isn't there, um, and Josh, Josh Stiles um, was benched. So you can see them sliding. Green Bay just lost to Tommy DeVito uh, on Monday Night Football. They're at 6-7. Tampa's at 6-7 as well. But they're but at the NFC South, everybody's gonna there's gonna be one person who makes the playoffs out of that division. So we're not really too concerned about what's gonna happen with the NFC South. That doesn't really affect what's um, what's happening with the playoff push. But then you have the Rams at six to seven, Seattle six to seven, the Falcons at six to seven, Saints all at six to seven as well. So it's like a it's a log jam right here, um, and on that French playoff team and. Honestly, there's some tough games there. Green Bay goes against Tampa. It's not, it's not, a, it's not an automatic win. Cincy will be favored to beat Minnesota. The Rams will play Washington. They might, they should win that one. But this, the Seahawks play the play the Eagles. That might be a loss. So this, it's a lot of influx and a lot of things that could happen. But the playoff pitch is going to be ugly all the way up until the end of the regular season. There is no way around it. There's going to be a lot of weird stuff in the NFC. Uh, Tampa probably is going to have a home game against whoever doesn't win the NFC East, whether it's going to be the Cowboys or the Eagles. Whoever loses the the NFC East will have a go on the road against Tampa. Um, so it's just going to be a, a, a lot of craziness going on. But overall, the playoff picture is the ugly part in the NFC. We're going to see what's going to happen. But as of right now, we're in the hunt. That's all I would ask for. So, um. Give, us, give me one second. We're going to get right into this preview of Bears-Browns and see what's going to happen um, with this week coming up. Week 14, Paul Brown Stadium. Browns, Bears, battle of, battle of teams that wear orange, even though I feel that the Browns have the ugliest color combination in all of NFL. Like, brown, and, brown, orange, and white are just ugly colors to put together any way it goes. But... What's not ugly is how good their defense is. They are the number one defense in passing, number one total overall total defense, and top ten in pass defense. And they just came off a victory against the Jacksonville Jaguars, where Joe Flacco scored through for over 300 yards, three touchdowns, and one interception. Um, they're second in the NFC in the AFC North. Uh, Looking like a playoff team, actually. If I if I actually looked at the AFC playoff picture, the Browns are in the five spot, so they aren't really worried about not making the playoffs as long as they keep steady um, with 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 victories. Hopefully, they lose this week anyway. The uh, line they have the the Browns are favored by three points at home, uh, and the over under is thirty point zero, I believe. Let me check this again. The last time I look at the line, the line now is over under, oh, 37, 37 and a half. So Vegas thinks it's going to be an ugly, game, ugly one as well. Um, from what I looked as far as the, as the, the key matchup will be in the trenches. So the Bears come in as the number two team against the run. And the Browns are number ten. 
And you can't run against the Browns. You can't run against the Browns. The, young, the, the biggest problem is that most times the Browns are up. And that pass rush they have against you is so deadly that you don't get a chance to run the ball in the second half. You don't really get a chance to. But uh, this week is going to be a little bit of a strength versus strength kind of uh, kind of feel. Uh, especially when it goes um, to the biggest matchup, which I think will be Braxton Jones versus Miles Garrett. Uh, Miles Garrett has been rushing, um, has been lining up on the left, on the left side. Right across, right across where Baxton Jones is, and the strength, speed, the long arms of Miles Miles Garrett is going to be a problem. Uh, this year, he already has 13 sacks. Um, having 13 sacks, 13 weeks into the season is out is out is outrageous. He is um, a man amongst boys most times. He's either too fast or too strong for a lot of left tackles. Uh, I think Braxton Jones can hold up a lot, but it won't just be on Braxton Jones. I think this is one of those games that Getty needs to be able to say, hey, we need to chip on that side to make sure that Miles Garrett isn't going one-on-one against our left tackle. You know, just hey, chip a lot, take a running, running back in here or there. Let's help out where we can. It feels get the ball out of his hand quickly as possible. That does not mean screens. Doesn't mean screens. It just means that hey, don't sit back with the ball too much. You know, get a three, three and a half second drop. If nothing's open downfield, which probably we will struggle with getting open downfield, just because uh, even though they don't, um, even though their big, um, their big time cornerback Ward has been out for the last four games, he's questionable now. Uh, Emerson has four interceptions. Two, two last week against the against the Jaguars, so it's going to be tough to be able to get those deep balls to DJ Moore this game. But we need to be able to. This going to be a game that Justin Fields will have to win with his legs. And Roko and Khalil Herbert, they're going to have to tote the tote the ball as well and be able to get those tough yards with their old dirt down. Um, I remember it was. Maybe two years ago, during Justin's rookie year when we played against Cleveland, and he was sacked seven times, and we didn't have any any answer for any of their edge rushers at all. We shored up the offensive line, and so now I think we have a better shot at this. Now, it's going to be a tough one. It's going to be a tough one, and realistically, I don't want to bet against the uh, I don't want to bet against the Browns. I don't want to say that we're going to win this game. I don't want to say that hey, this is going to be the game that we take control and and win and all this other stuff. Realistically, I should say the Browns are going to win this game. But then I looked at the stats, looked at the game um, that the Browns played against the Jaguars, and. Joe Flacco has to beat me. Like Joe Flacco, at 38 years old, has to throw the ball all over the defense and get away from Montez Sweat to in order for the Browns to beat up us. Like he has to have a incredible game against us because I don't think that Kareem Hunt and Jerome Ford are going to get enough rushing yards to be able to. 
salt this game away and make it so that we're not going to be able to win. They won't be able to out-physical us at the line of scrimmage, especially up, especially in the middle. So, am I am I really afraid of Amari Cooper and uh, uh, Njoku, uh, Njoku? I'm not. Am I afraid of Joe Flacco? I'm not. Do I think that we can at least get a pick off of him? Yes. Um... There's a lot of variables in this game, but I think just because we're running a high streak and if you want to go quarterback Flacco right now versus Justin Fields, I'm going to go with Justin Fields. It might be a homer pick. It is what it is. I'm fine with I'm fine with it. I have hope. If we win this game, then the schedule looks pretty good to, run, to go, kind of go run, run the gauntlet in. You know, have a, a a winner gets the playoffs kind of feel against the Packers again. But for right now, I'm going to say we're going with I'm going with the Bears and the Slugfest. I'm going to say 19 to 14 Bears win. Um, but switching switching gears, um, and usually at this point, I will go and talk a little bit more about a uh, a dra- a player that I looked at and watched game film on and see what was going on with them and see how that person fits in with the Bears. Won't be able to do that this week because this was uh, the college college football season ended. Uh, Bowl season starts up this next week coming up. I think the first bowl game is on the 16th. So I didn't have any film to really watch. But what I did have is a mock draft. And for majority of the season... The, my, all of my drafts were about the same. Bears with number one pick. We're getting, we're getting Caleb Williams. Getting rid of Justin Fields. Moving on from Justin Fields. Like everyone was the same exact way. Then I saw a different one. Then I went on 20, um, 24-7. Um, 24-7sports.com. And to my surprise, they still have Caleb Williams going number one. But to the Patriots, do they they have the Patriots trading up to number one to, from number two to grab Caleb Williams, and then the Bears swapping and getting um, the number two pick, which is Marvin Harrison Jr., and also keeping our current pick. So our current pick right now is number six, and they think they have I think they had us getting um, I believe they had us grabbing an edge rusher at six, but I. But let me. Oh yeah, they had us grabbing from Alabama, uh, Dallas Turner, which I wouldn't mind. Six four two fifty, um, thirteen and a half, um, thirteen and a half tackles for loss, nine sacks this year. Uh, really good. Want to take a look at him um, when Bama plays against uh, Michigan in the I believe it's the Orange Bowl this year. But um, with us winning as many games as we have and looking at the schedule, uh, especially going going forward. Uh, Falcons and a lot of other winnable games coming up on the schedule. I think we'll be picking a little bit later with our own pick. So I have been looking, and I've said this name a couple times in the in the pod before, but I'm looking at Jared Verse, six four two sixty, as rusher from Florida State. Uh, I, he is a 
he's a game changer. And putting him on the other side of Montez Sweat um, really makes things a lot better for us, especially when it comes to rushing um, the quarterback and still being able to play our cover two when needed. Um, when need to, uh, when it looks, um, when I looked at the scouting uh, strengths and weaknesses, uh, he I saw a lot of good things about it. But one of the biggest things I saw that really kind of got me excited about about grabbing him and what's going to happen is that he runs a four nine. Uh, 495 at 64260. Uh, pretty elite, pretty elite speed. Being able to being having him on the opposite side of Montez Sweat, who was going to bore rush and um, beat people off the line that way, and now it's now we're looking at a guy who's going to be able to just speed rush and come off the backside um, and be able to cause pressures as well. It's going to be a really great thing. So honestly. Uh, right now, I'm looking at Jared Verse and Marvin Harrison to add to this team, um, grabbing a um, grabbing a safety in the second round and potentially uh, a center and and a and a guard in free agency to be able to shore up the hole that we have on our um, on our offensive defensive side of the ball. So there's a lot of um, we have a lot of different avenues we can go at. There's a lot of flexibility we can go at as well, but Looking at what we have now, I'm really excited about getting an edge rusher and another weapon to be able to throw the fields because it looks like Mooney might be out of here and we really don't have an, um, another receiver. So, really excited about this. So, take a look at um, that's all we that's all I have for this week. I really appreciate y'all once again for for tuning in, downloading. Thank y'all for the passion pro- project. But until next time, I want to let y'all know this better.